Good morning, everyone. My name is Michelle Manley. I am the Rivers Formation Pastor. And it is my privilege today uh, to be with you at what I've started to affectionately refer to as the holiday shoot. <laughs> Do you feel it? Thursday will be Thanksgiving, and after that, the preparations for Christmas are upon us in earnest. Uh, I am feeling somehow more deeply this year how this issue of sort of how you approach the holidays is a bit of a line in the sand for people. There are those who absolutely cannot wait to get there and have been preparing already for a while. And then there are those who feel quite strongly about taking our time with it. So whichever uh, camp you most identify with, this morning, uh, our opportunity is to consider what would it mean for us to be ready for the spiritual possibilities of the season ahead? How would we prepare for those things? Because my assumption is that whatever your practices of um, decorating and party throwing and party going and gift exchanges and family recipes, those things are pretty much set in stone. Those are gonna happen because of habit and expectation. But there is a wisdom in the church through the centuries that says there's a spiritual invitation in this season as well. And that invitation is easily lost in the hustle and bustle that tend to characterize the month of December in our context. So. Before the train fully leaves the station this week, I want to invite us to prepare for the season that the church calls Advent. Now, my assumption is that minimally, most of us are familiar with Advent through one of the plethora of countdown calendars that exist out there. Pick your favorite chocolate, cheese, beer, uh, day by day from December 1st to December 25th, it counts us down. And there's something of the spirit of Advent in those countdown calendars. Uh, but in the church, the season of Advent is defined by the season marked out with the four Sundays prior to Christmas. So that means this year, Advent begins a week from today on November 27th. If you have been in one of our kids' community classrooms in the hallway behind us, especially the elementary school classrooms, you may be familiar with this calendar that they use to mark time. This is a representation of what's called the liturgical calendar, the calendar of the church. And every time that the kids gather, one of their rituals is to move the arrow one more square. It's a way of counting down week by week the seasons of the year. And as you might expect, the colors on the calendar are, are important. So you can notice that most of the calendar is actually green, right? And it's green representing the growing time of our lives. It represents the fact that uh, God meets us in the everyday particulars of what life entails and that the act of growing up uh, broadly defined, it takes a lot of our time. The white boxes represent the, the feast days of the church. Christmas at the top and Easter on the side with the whole season of Eastertide to follow. And then those purple boxes represent special time. Special time of preparation for the feast days of the church. And Advent is coming at us 
those four purple squares at the top of the, the circle. Advent is special time. It has special purpose for our development as the people of God. I wonder um, if that makes you feel a sense of anticipation. I mean, who, who doesn't like special things, right? I do want to be honest with you, though. There's a bit of a rub to the specialness of Advent because what we're invited to in these four weeks each year is to actively identify and hold before God in prayer the deepest longings of our hearts. Longings, those things that we have a yearning desire for that by definition are not coming to pass quickly and, and don't have a defined timeline. Does that sound special to you? I mean, why would we muddy up the Christmas season with something as complicated as longing, right? I'm guessing that that actually sounds quite awful <laughs> to some of us. Sometimes it sounds awful to me. But here's the thing. Here's why we would do such a potentially challenging and countercultural thing at this time of year. It's because the people of God are known by our longing for God and for God's intervention in our lives and world. I want to say that again. The people of God are known by our longing for God and for God's intervention in our lives and world. This is part of our identity, part of our calling in the world. And because it isn't always an easy or a comfortable calling, the wisdom of the church through the ages was to set aside a specific season of time, this season that we're coming into, Advent, for us to remember and rehearse, to sink into being people of longing. The reality is that all people are people of longing. Temperamentally, some of us are more restless, some of us are more content. Some of us live with our longings closer to the surface of our lives. Some of us live with our longings buried deeply under layers of defense. But all of us experience longing. What the people of God know is that all the longings of our lives exist as a sign to point us to the deepest and most ultimate longings of our lives for connection to God and for a desire for the world as God intended it, a perfect world. These are the things that we were made for and that our longings lead us towards. St. Augustine in his confessions famously captured uh, some of the essence of the personal aspect of these foundational longings when he wrote, Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And then the author of the book of Revelation at the end of the New Testament, um, in the visions that he saw, captures some of the more global longing we have. Uh, one way that that's recorded are these words. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. 
He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Our longing for these things are what we invite to surface during Advent. For God's coming into the world in a personal way in Jesus that opens up this possibility that we could know soul-satisfying friendship with God. And for God's promise to come again in the fullness of time and set all things right. No more tears, no more pain, no more death. And in the midst of all these ultimate longings, God also invites us to surface the particular longings of our lives. In Psalm 38, David wrote, all my longings lie open before you, Lord. All my longings. That sounds like a lot of longings. And if you read Psalm 38, you find that it is. David is longing for relief from physical pain. David is longing for relief from loneliness. David is longing for freedom from his adversaries who are out to get him. I'm sure we could say that at the core, David is longing to find himself satisfied in God, but that longing overflows or it, it comes to him in his experience of longing in the circumstances of his life. And scripture is full of stories of people bringing their particular longings, their particular desires toward God. Des longing for love, longing for a child, longing for favor with people in power. If you were here with us earlier this fall when we began our walk through the Gospel of John together, we took some time with one of the um, more striking questions that Jesus puts to his early disciples. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And in that question, we, we talked about the idea that Jesus actually wants to hear our desires, that in the presence of God, there's an invitation to name what we want, to make those known to God. I wonder how that makes you feel. I wonder how it makes you feel to know that God invites your longings. I can tell you how it makes me feel. It makes me feel simultaneously deeply loved. Like the whole of me is welcome in God's presence. And it also makes me feel deeply vulnerable. Because as much as I'm confident as I read the scriptures and as I read the lives of spiritual heroes of mine through history, that we are welcome to bring our longings before God, all of them. I also know that that doesn't mean that all of the longings we present to God are going to be filled in the way and in the time that we're imagining. That's always been true. That was true of the Israelites in history who longed for Messiah and died before Jesus came. And it was also true of the Israelites who lived at the time of Jesus 
who had to grapple with the fact that Jesus was not quite the kind of conquering king that they were expecting. And closer to us, it's been true of countless, if not everyone in this room at some level, as we've held our longings before God for things like marriage, reconciliation of an important relationship, healing in our bodies, and waited. Longing is tender territory. So why would we go there? Fundamentally, I think we go there because it's honest. When we name our longings, we are basically just saying what is true. It may feel safer to keep them hidden away, but ultimately, that is a choice for something less than a whole and integrated life. Keeping our longings uh, buried cannot lead to a life that is fully flourishing. Naming our longings before God then moves us in the direction of an authentic, a truly honest relationship with God. You know, as we express our longings toward God, uh, we're not really giving God information. What we're doing is we're giving God permission, access to another part of ourselves. And we're inviting God to move on our behalf, on behalf of those we love, on behalf of our concern for this world that we live in. And if that's not to happen in the time and in the way that we are hoping for, we're also inviting God to help us live in that place, to redirect or refine our longings, or to otherwise speak to us in ways that help us to feel known and loved and cared for about intimately, even while we sit with our longings. Longing is tender territory because longing confronts us with disappointment. And disappointment is hard to hold. But sitting with God in our disappointment can be as important and as meaningful as naming our desires before God. That may not feel like good news, but it is my experience that God often meets us in our places of disappointment, our places of loss, in profound ways. That those spaces of vulnerability in our lives become places of deep, transforming encounter with God. That's often a slow work, not an easy work, but it's a good work. And because of that, I want to encourage you, in light of the risks, to make space to bring out your longings before God this Advent. Trusting that it could lead you more deeply into the kind of soul-satisfying friendship with God that is most of our, all of our ultimate longing. But given that this work of um, sitting with our longings may be unfamiliar for some of us, like I've said, it's tender work and it's 
a really different energy than what we're probably going to be surrounded with in culture in December, I want to give you some guidance and some recommendations for how you might go about an Advent practice of engaging your longings this year. As always, I encourage you to take what works and leave the rest. But in a moment, I'm going to give you some time to begin to work with some reflection questions that would be prompts to help you surface your longings and pay attention to what surfacing your longings is doing for you, and also to help you start a conversation around them with God. Given the question, uh, what are you longing for, is a little more complex than say, what would you like for dinner tonight? I wanna invite you to make this a layered conversation. You know, important conversations in our lives often develop best over many conversations. You've probably experienced this in significant conversation with friends or with a spouse, that you talk about something for a while and then the best thing you can do is set the conversation aside and return to it again another time. That's layering the conversation in ways that gives it room to breathe and space to surface. Uh, more of what's there. So I, I would encourage you to expect a similar dynamic as you work with the questions uh, in, the, in the prompts around your longings this Advent. Very practically, I wanna suggest to you as the calendar starts to fill um, that you carve out some time once a week, maybe 30 minutes once a week, where you would take out this reflection and pass through it again and let it spur your conversation with God. Every Sunday in Advent, uh, here in our worship space, we're gonna be highlighting a different angle of our longing. So perhaps Sunday afternoons or Sunday evenings would be a good time to just set aside 30 minutes for your personal reflection and prayer to continue to grow. Maybe you're more of a morning person, and so starting one day a week that way, or maybe a break in your workday, a walk over lunch one day a week would be a good space for this kind of reflection and prayer. Whatever the context, I encourage you to carve out time to be with yourself and to be with God in hopefully increasingly authentic ways. I also wanna say that this work of surfacing and sitting with and talking with God about our longings is difficult work for many of us, if not all of us, to do completely on our own. So I want to encourage you to get yourself some Advent companions. And I'm defining that really broadly this morning. I have three suggestions for you about companionship in Advent. The first is that I, I wanna encourage you to pick up an Advent devotional. And what I mean by that is just a book that uh, has a daily scripture reading followed by a short reflection from an author and maybe a scripted prayer that was curated for Advent. Being in an Advent devotional could help you hold on to the frame of longing and lead you in the story of the biblical longing, the author's experience of longing. If you don't have an Advent devotional, I am this year going to be going through uh, this one, Silence and Other Surprising Invitations of Advent by Enuma Okoro. And I just invite you to read along with me. I like this book because one, each day's reading is no longer than the front and the back of one page, and you can see this is not a large book, so it's doable. 
More meaningfully than that, I like that it's beautifully written by an author who, uh, I would say, disciplined herself to really stay with the seasonal work of longing and not rush too quickly to the joyful celebration that's coming in the Christmas narrative. This book is available where all fine books are sold. <laughs> um, but I did uh, go ahead and order a bunch to be here this morning, if that helps you. Um, just wanting to help you be ready for Advent's coming uh, next week. So they're gonna be available after the service, just at cost, it's a $15 book. Um, but feel free if, if you'd like to get it on Kindle or what, you know, whatever works for you, but there are some here this morning. A second form of companionship that I wanna encourage you toward this Advent is to join us at our uh, morning of Advent retreat on Saturday, December 10th. You know, for many of us to actually get ourselves to a place of quiet where we can reflect and pray over difficult things like the longings of our hearts, it's just hard. It's just hard to discipline ourselves to do that. And there's no shame in that. Sometimes the secret is to put it in our calendar and have other people waiting for us, right? This will be a hosted space, a space shared with others who um, have made the same risky commitment to be working on their longings and talking with God about them. There'll also be uh, some further guidance on how to engage with longings at the retreat. And perhaps most meaningfully for some of us, there'll be an opportunity at the retreat to meet one-on-one -on -one with a spiritual coach, uh, a spiritual director, and to talk for a brief time. This is someone who's, who's trained to listen to you and to listen with you to God. And that can be particularly helpful in the, in the tender and difficult places that we can find ourselves as we engage longing. So I wanna encourage you to sign up today to put that stake in the ground for your Advent season and then let the other holiday things fill in around it. And then finally, and probably where you thought I was going when I said get yourself an Advent companion, I wanna encourage each of us to consider if there's one person in our lives that we might make a plan now to spend some time with in a couple weeks, three weeks, and to commit to share what's been happening for us as we've engaged our longings. My hope for us in those times, if we set them up, would be that we would give one another the gift of listening. Disciplined listening. Listening that avoids solving problems, even avoids um, trying to resolve difficult feelings. Listening that just bears witness to the work of God in one another and sits with the potentially difficult things that come up and then offers the gift of prayer. As I uh, get ready to close, I wanna say one more time that the people of God are to be known by our longing for God and for God's intervention in our lives and in our world. And Advent is a gift to us in that. It helps us move toward that part of our identity as God's people. Practical things like making space to reflect and pray, gathering companions can help us enter more deeply into the experience, the gift that the church is giving us, the, the global church throughout time is giving us in Advent. And so I wanna invite you to consider how you'd like to 
make use of those things. Like I said, I'm going to give you some time now with the reflection uh, that hopefully you got as you came in. This is a reflection you can begin today and return to again and again. But I'd like to pray for us as I give you that space. God, thank you that your desire is that we would live in wholeness, that we would live lives of flourishing. And in that, Lord, I pray that you would help us by making space for us to engage tender territory and by meeting us there. Bless us now, Lord, as we walk toward this work and show us your face. That's what we're asking for, and we ask for it in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you uh, about four minutes. We'll play some music behind just to begin your reflections, and then I'll come back and invite you to consider sharing something of what you've been thinking about this morning with someone around you. But let's take four minutes and reflect and pray.